It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ECWPress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Ladies and gents, my next guest played in both the OHL and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And once he had his footing, eventually was a 50-goal scorer with the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. After a five-year stint with St. Mary's University, which was littered with personal accolades and team success, he flirted with professional hockey for a couple of seasons, including a 33-point campaign for wheeling of the East Coast Hockey League. After that... He'd enter the stunt world of film and television while playing senior hockey in Newfoundland and Ontario. I first met him on the ice in the Newfoundland Senior Hockey League when he played for the legendary Grand Falls Cataracts. And he still plays senior hockey in Ontario and won the Allen Cup just last season with Stony Creek. Uh, Dundas. With Dundas. uh, Real McCoys. Uh, Right now we're together in Shorzy where he's the stunt coordinator and we have fun on and off the ice. He is a slick sniper, a hell of a hockey player, a dandy dangler, a super stuntman, an awesome actor. Didn't you know he played in the O? Rare thing, it's true. He also played in the Q. He's got big balls and played in Grand Falls. He knows what's up and won an Allen Cup. He likes to pick cherries and played at St. Mary's. Folks, Patrick Line is healing, and this guy played in Wheeling. I first saw an elephant when I went to the circus. Please welcome to the show my pal Cam Fergus. Cam, how you doing? I'm doing well, Terry. Love the intros. Uh, appreciate that. Makes me feel good about myself. No problem. Well, it's all true, and I can barely read my own writing. But as I do read the writing, and one of the first things I said is that you played in the OA. 
NHL and the Quebec Major Junior League. Can you explain how and why? Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting uh, start to my junior career. Um, I, I did pretty well uh, in my minor Bantam Major Peely seasons. I think that's kind of where, I don't know what it was, but I kind of started to separate myself from my teammates and, you know, had some successful years. I played junior B um, in my made my draft year. Um, so that was pretty tough playing with old guys. I think I was 15, um, playing with 20 year olds. So that was, a, that was a big adjustment. Was that in Paris, Ontario, your hometown? It was actually for the Cambridge Winterhawks. Okay. Uh, I know that team. Well, Todd Harvey played there. I, I nearly played there. If you can believe it, keep going. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good experience, but, um, it was kind of my first intro into, into the business side of hockey and, and the way things worked that way. Um, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> It was it was good. Um, coach was tough. I, you know, in in minor hockey, I had some success and didn't face a ton of adversity mm. growing up. Um, fortunately, but also unfortunately. So when I started playing with with the guys, and especially in Kitchener, um, that was uh, that was the first time I'd faced real adversity, and and it was uh, mentally it was very draining. And you know, I, I had a few injuries in that first year, and it was just it was just one of those years that I I don't think I was quite mentally in a place uh, to manage all the stressors that uh, that come with playing in the OHL. It's I always say that it's such a weird thing too because you're young, you're going through normal adolescent stuff. You got to figure out school, hockey. Even though it's a big goal and everything for us, it's it still really comes second or third. You know, you you're usually your family, your schooling. At least it should, but. You also know that it's, there's a future in it, and these are major years. I can't really take a few years off and just come into it as a 20-year-old with no experience. Um, before we get any further, though, Tom Fergus, is he related to you, a legendary Leaf, an NHLer? He is, yeah. He's my dad's brother. Okay, so close relations. So were you – was he a big influence growing up? I mean, who would have been your big hockey influences? Yeah, so early on, uh, like my dad for sure, um, I have a memory – as a kid, I might have been four or five years old. We, uh, my uncle was playing for Vancouver at the time. We went down to the game at Maple Leaf Gardens, and uh, I got to go down in the dressing room. And I remember Pavel Bure coming up, and he was my favorite player. Um, and he had two sticks in his hand. One was my uncle's, and one was his. And he offered them to me to pick one, and I picked Pavel's unknowingly. It just had a better curve. Um, so yeah, definitely early on, but. As I, as I grew up, or I think I was around six, my parents divorced, um, and that was tough. On I have two older sisters. That was very tough on all of us. The families um, kind of went their separate ways, and there was a period where my dad's side of the family wasn't in my life, uh, um, unfortunately, for a lot of different reasons. Fortunately, in my adult life, we've been able to rekindle, and it's been great getting to know uh, that side of the family again over the last, say, 10 years, but... Yeah, there was, uh, it was difficult as a child with, with the divorce, and I was always able to escape it, playing hockey, um, getting out there on the ice, didn't have to think about the stuff going on behind the scenes, and you could just have fun. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was a tough one, and, and kind of uh, left a bit of an emptiness in, in, my, in my childhood, for sure. That's funny. Even though um, I didn't go through that, my parents splitting, but I did go through a bit of an emptiness leaving home. I was 14, 15, playing junior hockey in BC with all kinds of other issues on the side. And I remember thinking funny, like I would get onto the ice and all of that would be flushed out, like you just mentioned, yet hockey was my ticket. So here I was on the ice with the thing that should make me the most stressed. Like if, if I don't, you know, if I don't put pucks in the net, 
If I don't go out there and play well from a scout's point of view, then I probably won't get any further in the sport. Yet, it usually was the least part of my thinking process. It was usually go out there and it came natural and everything else uh, off the ice would, would kind of, at times, be a little bit too much to handle. I thought that was wild. Now, on top of all that, on top of all that then, you go over and play in the Quebec League. So you were struggling in the O. Yeah. Um, my first year was tough in the O. I, I, I was injured. I broke a rib uh, ah. during the exhibition games. And uh, it was right kind of low by my spine. And it was a long time coming back from that. And especially in your first year, like kind of everybody else had a head start. And I was a little bit behind the game uh, going into it. So then kind of got over that, started playing again. Um, and and then I think I like I missed another three weeks with pneumonia. Um, My that God. Season. So it was, a, it was a very tough start. By playoffs, you know, I, I was starting to feel like I, I was meant to be there. But... That whole season was uh, was both difficult mentally and physically. There was a there was a period in that that year where it's like for a month I was playing on the fourth line as you do as a as a rookie, and I think a couple of our players had gone to World Juniors and they played. I didn't get any shifts five on five, but they were putting they were using me on the point on the power play. Oh, and man. I mean, it's obviously a good opportunity, but. To go out on the ice after sitting there for 20 minutes, not touching a puck, and then, you know, you're you're playing the point, which is different for me. I'm yeah. always a forward. Um, so yeah, I, I I mean, I got the opportunity, but it was just such a difficult, uh, especially with that. It was just hard to be comfortable out there. Um, so yeah, that that was definitely a tough year. I learned a lot. I also part of it was too like my family. I didn't have an agent, so my family kind of. My grandfather especially um, wanted to be, was a businessman and wanted yeah. to take care of me. I think, you know, a lesson for a lot of people now is separate yourself. I mean, agents can be good, can be bad, but when teams and it's a business and you're dealing with family, emotions get, get involved. And so at that point, you know, the, the Rangers came to me and said, you know, we'll try to move you. It was, uh, wow. it was a tough year for sure. And they said, based on my junior B numbers and, they could probably find me a spot, but I had nobody making phone calls for me really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went home and, and yeah, it was a tough training camp, showed up in shape. But Wait, you went back to training camp. Okay. Went back, yeah. And, and, and I did all right. Like I'd have, I'd, so you it, went mid season over to the, it was at the beginning. It was post training camp. And they basically said, you're either going to play on our fourth line or, or we're going to move you. So, you know, um, they uh so i went home I, it was kitchener so i was living a half hour away which was also it was a it was a blessing and a curse because you know every game i had tons of family there supporting but also the pressures of that i think i didn't realize at the time um it was difficult having i wouldn't have wanted 10, it 10 10 to 12 people i, I remember specifically thinking to myself from the on ice stuff like being very comfortable that nobody like i felt like i'm going to improve at my own pace newfoundland so far away and by the time anybody there sees me play again, I'll be a pro. Like, and I remember being like confident in that. I did not want family or friends at games. I can't imagine what it would have been like. I mean, that early, yeah. that, 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 that whole point of view erased itself as I got older, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't realize it really at the time, but I mean, looking back, 
yeah, it was, uh, it was an added pressure that I think, you know, for some people it's beneficial to get away and, and become a man and find your way, you know, on your own. Um, some people it's not, but so that was tough. And then, you know, nobody was making calls for me. So I was, I was almost ready to pack it in at that point. Um, go from, you know, playing for the Kitchener Rangers to, you know, I can't, can't land a spot. So I was home for a week and then Gatineau Olympics called and they're notorious for picking up guys from Ontario and they, they've picked up some good players over the years and they invited me there and it was a, it was a tough decision. I mean, you look at the difference just, I mean, in the travel alone in the Quebec league, it's, it's, it's crazy difficult at times. Um, Whereas the OHL, it's a little easier. Um, So yeah, I, kind of mulled it over and went there and uh, skated for like a week with them. And then they signed me and, you know, it was a, it was a decent first year. Um, yeah, it was a tough coach there, but a good coach, but uh, he didn't, you know, these guys are tough on their players and they want to get the most out of you. Um, have still lifelong friends from those years that I keep in touch with to, to this day. Ryan Graham was there. No, Ryan was there. Yeah. Hey, my good buddy. We were course. roommates actually for the first couple months. Uh so yeah, he was he was awesome, and it was a good group, and yeah, and then you know I was I was there for a year and a half, I think. Was Brophy there? Brophy was okay. Jeez, okay, yeah. Sammy Roberts was another there. good friend of mine. Sammy, okay, I knew you knew all these guys. I'm, I knew they played there. I just never really looked at the hockey DB to connect those dots. So I know you know them, and it makes sense to me. Wow, okay, that's three big time Newfoundlanders of that era. They were, you know, three great players and good friends. Yeah. To this really, day. really good guys. And and we had fun. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So I was a, a year and a half there. I did all right. I had some success. Um, we had some good players there. Like Dave Crutchy was there. Oh uh, yeah. My second year, they brought, brought in Claude Giroux. Um, he was pretty small when he got there, but you could immediately tell he had a, he had an orange, that orange synergy when he came to camp and, I fortunately didn't have to participate in rookie camp, but I went and watched and, and he was just, you could just see he was small out there, but man, he was shifty and he just controlled the play. Um, what a fun kid to watch and play with. He was, he was a great guy. He was so humble. Wow. He was an un, another Ontario guy that got his shot in Gatineau and obviously did all right for himself. Um, and then, in, yeah, my second season, um, we were in, we were in Halifax. We were on our Eastern road trip actually. And, I think Ryan had Ryan Graham had been traded previous to that, and it was the night before the deadline. We're in the hotel room. We had just played Halifax. Can't remember if we won or not. And he called me and he said, "I think you've been traded." And nobody had nobody had told me that it was no, literally the night before the deadline. <laughs> so somewhere, somehow, it got leaked into a fan form, and he he called it. It was a trade for a second round pick. So that was a long night for sure. Um, and I remember we were going to get our gear because we were headed somewhere else in the Maritime. And I, you know, the coaches called me in and they were, they were great. I mean, it was what it was. It was a, it's tough because you're leaving your buddies for sure. But uh, fortunately I landed in Cape Breton and my coach there was Pascal Vincent. And he right away, like, I think the first game or the second game I played with them, like I immediately had success. I think I set up the tying goal set up the the and then i think i wanted in a shootout for them or something so right away the boys yeah. were happy yeah. you know it was they didn't have were, you, to, were you like on one of the top lines immediately yeah yeah okay. i was kind of like second line guy kind of we they had some good players too like i was 
you know, playing behind James Shepard, who had a yeah, I remember him. Career. He was first rounder in junior. He was he was a man among boys. It was yeah. it was fun to watch. So, but I was I got first unit power play, and and that really the following year was my twenty year old year, and that's when I I got the fifty three. And I mean, our power play was dominant, and I was just fortunate that year that guys would find me, and I managed to put it in the net. But Cape Breton, yeah, it started off. Met them on the road. I think they were in Bathurst. I knew a couple guys from the team. They had one Ontario guy that I grew up, Paul McElveen. Uh, I grew up playing against. He landed there somehow. And then we were line mates. So I had familiar faces. And then, yeah, it kind of was just, it just, that was, that was the spot where I felt comfortable. And, and Pascal gave me the opportunities and really let me play. It was, uh, you know, it, a lot of coaches, I think, confine their players to systems and which is, which is great and has its place. But, you end up, you know, you're squeezing your stick a little too tight a lot of times. And and in Cape Breton, I never felt that. I was able to try mm. stuff. And uh, a lot of times it worked. Sometimes it didn't. But I was never worried that I'd never see the ice again if I if something That's went wrong. That's such a thing. That's so, so yeah, credit to Pascal. He, he really gave me that chance. And, and you know, we, we had a good team. Our My 20-year-old year, we were, I think, favored to win. We were up 3-1 in the semis to Valdor and... They ended up coming back and beating us uh, in Game Seven. Wow, with, that's rare, three to one. Yeah, and it was a because of the travel was so far. They did a two-three-two style. Yeah. So we went there for two. They like so that was I think you know a bit of a factor. Um, but they had like like Chris Letang was man in their blue line and Brad Marchand was there and when they got down three one like I didn't know Marchand was up in Val Dor. Yeah, he played, usually those English guys end up in one of the, you know like. He was in Moncton, I think, prior to, and then uh, ended up there, and they just took over. Like, it was, we just could not stop them. Now, they had a great supporting cast, don't get me wrong, but those guys, especially those two, just elevated their games. Latang was, like, he would lead a rush and get a scoring chance, and then he'd be the first guy back. Like, he was head I keep hearing, I, I hear from better. people that he was one of the best juniors they've ever seen. And he was strong and he played with an edge. He was hard to play against. And he was just, wow. he was, he was unbelievable. So we were, we had a really good team. We had Andre Pavlik was our goalie. Um, we had a player, Oscars Bartulis, who played in the NHL for a while. I know what you're while. talking about, yeah. Uh, Luke Bourdon we had. Uh, we lost him too soon. I'm sure as a lot of people know. Passed away. He was a big player of Vancouver, right? Yeah. And yeah. uh, car accident or motorcycle accident? Motorcycle accident. Yeah. yeah it was, yeah, it was very sad. Uh, he was a great guy. He was a, physical specimen out there you could you could just see he was he could have been an nhler for a long time super sad to to have lost him but yeah we really had a good team and we were going to play lewiston in the finals but uh valdor uh kind of closed the door on us there so we all we all you know still keep in touch with some of the guys and we all look back and you know you always wish you could do stuff differently but uh it was a good year personally for sure um but again, the same thing. Like I, I was playing in Cape Breton, which is kind of secluded, and didn't really have an agent making calls for me in those days. My um, God, you had fifty-three. I don't yeah. give a fuck how old you. Fifty-three with no agent, and you you, you got to figure that there was some. Now, where we, I, I I know you don't regret anything because we're in a great spot now. But I'm saying you've got to figure that there was a crack that someone missed there. Like there there. Crack is the wrong way to put it, but there on all the teams and all the pro places, there was somewhere that you could have gone that an agent probably would have would have figured you you know to be a good fit, and then you go from there. 
we we always knew well, I kind of always knew that the the Quebec Quebec City games when playing the REM parts or the teams around Montreal, hmm. I always knew that there would be more scouts in the stands for those games as opposed to a Sunday night in Sydney, yeah. Nova Scotia. Um, and yeah, I did. I always, you know, I thought I did pretty well. And I think also like, you know, going from the OHL to the Quebec league is, is not ideal for sure. Um, on paper, um, they see that and it's kind of doesn't yeah. help your cause. You're right. But yeah, I had a great 20 year old year. I had a lot of fun. Um, I think exposure too. like, if we had of, of course there's ifs and buts always, but if we had got to that Memorial cup, definitely a lot of, a lot of guys on our team would have got more yeah, of a chance. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, fortunately, though, for me, I mean, school was always important to me. And, you know, even before I got drafted to the OHL, I had always kind of, I was talking to, to schools in the U.S. a little bit and always wanted to experience that life and see what that was like. I was always intrigued by that. Um, so because I was in Nova Scotia and had a good year, I kind of had my pick of what schools to go to. I see. Um, I was going to ask you why St. Mary's. Now, yeah. I know that I used to hang out there even before you were, you you were, in your prime, I guess, and, and, and playing in the, uh, I guess you played five years there, right? Yeah. Steinberg was there. Trevor Steinberg. Okay, yeah. Okay. So the early two thousands, I, I used to go up there early two thousands and practice with them because a lot of, well, you know, Skeet Delaney, you know, Keith Delaney, yeah. right. You know, yeah. those guys, that group was there. Uh, and a lot of my friends went there, ran the bar at the pub, the, the pub there at the school, a lot of friends. So I would stay with them and practice so I know that it's a well-oiled machine. A lot of people want to go there. It's situated. It couldn't be any better for Nova Scotia if you're a student. So I personally would pick, you know, I, I, for me, knowing what I know, it would be St. Avex, St. Mary's, or probably Acadia. Now, you pick St. Mary's. Tell us how that went. Yeah, it actually boiled down to, to pretty much St. Avex and St. Mary's. And uh, ultimately, the city of Halifax kind of won me over. Um, I used to love playing junior there. Yeah. The, it was the Metro Center back then. We mm -hmm. could drive the bus right in, and the rink was beautiful, and I had success. Cape Breton, in my years, it was a bit of a rivalry, and we usually came out in the upper hand, so I really loved Halifax. And then uh, I talked to Dal, uh, talked to Acadia. I was close to going to X because it's, I think, just such a beautiful campus. Great, yeah, um, really, really, really beautiful. But ultimately, Steiny was... Uh, He's he's just such a such a great guy and a good person and uh and the city itself kind of won me over and I knew that they were had a good team. I knew it was a good opportunity for me based on what he was telling me. There was a running joke. Uh the guys we would laugh about it all the time on my recruit trip. Signy told me he didn't care if I back checked. So <laughs> the boys used to laugh and say as long as I scored goals I didn't have to back check. But uh I Well, you got so many fucking points. You're a plus whatever, plus fucking 20 30. I mean, you so he was Probably right. Now, was that a great mix of players or what? You guys ended up winning once, right? You won a yeah, national. Yeah, we won the And nationals. your personal fucking stats are through the roof. I rarely, rarely have anybody on the other end of these interviews. Lots of CIS players, not many that had 50 points. So without, I mean, because we could talk about this for 10 hours. But in that group, now, what was, was it Steiny? Was it the group you had? Was it the environment? You seem to just ooze success. For those that, for that half a decade you're there, what was the major contributor to that? Yeah, I think it's a combination of everything. Um, we definitely had a good group. Um, 
I, I was immediately put on the first line with, with Mark Rancourt, mm, who's a former a lot of Belleville Bill. Remember that guy, yeah. He could pass the puck on like a lot, anything I'd ever seen. He could, he would find me and, and Cody Thornton was a recruit the same year. He was great player, hard, hard worker, not very big, but just, mm-hmm. he would just get pucks. He'd always get pucks back and our power play that year. It was funny because we had success early and Steiny kind of, tried to tinker with what we were doing and we didn't really have anything set and we would just, we would just kind of work off each other and Thorts would get the puck back and we'd snap it around. And we eventually just made Steiny go work with the second unit in the other end and just let us do our thing. And you can only really do that if you have success. Yeah. But Randy did such a good job quarterbacking it. We had the, the Hotham brothers who Andrew and, and Scott, who were uh, OHL grads who were phenomenal players um, so the power play definitely that year and I went in there and just got the opportunity and, uh, yeah, right away we started scoring and, and it was fun A different, different game. Um, a lot chippier. I remember thinking cause fighting was not allowed. Um, so guys, you know, take liberties more so than, than I think in other leagues, but, uh, and then like the school itself, I mean, they set you up for success. Um, especially that school. I think the the professors were most most of the time very helpful with you know if we're going to be away on the road to make sure we have the resources we need to to succeed and also we had uh like five there were six of us all in the finance program together so we had a group where you know prior to any midterms or exams we would all get together and really help each other out and there was a culture there of of success but educational success as well so the guys you know we all worked hard at school it wasn't like we're just there to play hockey and yeah. uh yeah the group of us uh, we would help each other out and and everybody wanted to be good at school so it certainly helped academically and then uh, uh no thanks oh do you okay one sec okay fergie keep going oh, i'm sorry sorry folks uh, we're in a hotel room and i'm being delivered towels yeah, I guess to sum that up, like it was just it was a place where they set you up to succeed, and we had a great team, um, and uh, yeah, both both educationally and and on the ice. Uh, Is that what? By the way, did you graduate finance? Like, what what was yeah, your? Yeah, I did a I did a finance and management double major. Um, oh. Grow, during junior, I was always in part time school, so I kind of went to university, went to St. Mary's a bit ahead of the game. So I was done my finance degree in three years. And then went back. I had so much fun. My third year, we won nationals, which yeah, that was know, that year. The program had existed for ninety years, and they had never won. Oh my fuck! So, you guys must have. Are you fucking kidding yeah, me? I didn't know awesome. that. Because in my lifetime, they've always had a decent team. So I just thought, if you went back that far, I would have guessed a dozen. No, we were the first and only. I think as of now. Um, so obvious. I mean, when you win through your final game in the season, it's the most fun. Oh my god! So but went, wait, you had two fucking years left. What did you take? Basket weaving? What did you do? Yeah. Well, fifth year I definitely did. Uh, oh. Fourth year I went back and did a management double major. Um, or sorry, wait, my fourth year. So I had I ended up with two undergrads of finance and management. Um, and then after that fourth year, uh, Randy and Thorts had gone to Germany in the second league and had success there. So I was approached by that team. Um, in Germany to go. So it's, originally I wasn't planning on doing a fifth year. So I went to Germany. Uh, it left in like end of July, went through training camp, played a couple games. Um, I was the fifth import. They had four from the prior year. They were allowed five and I was the fifth. So I think in the first, 
I think I played four games and I was like, it was like two points plus a game. Like it was yeah. definitely could have been better, but on the score sheet, you know, I was succeeding after they had signed me, they had hired a new coach from the Czech Republic. That coach brought a Czech player and he's considered an import and he's an import. So he became the fifth import. And that turns out that guy led the league. So probably a good decision by them to keep that guy. But that left me kind of as the odd man out. So the team was great to me. Um, they explained the situation and they said, like, you know, you can stay here and skate with us as long as you want till you find a place to go. So once you're over there, I think it's a little bit easier to find a spot yeah. instead of, you know, them bringing you over. But, you know, it, it was tough for me. It was I, I it was kind of like, what more could I have done? Um, at that time. So, yeah, yeah I called Steiny. Literally a numbers game. When they say it, it was a, literally a numbers game. Yeah, it was. And, and you know, hindsight, I wish I had stayed and just lived the, the European yeah. lifestyle for sure. But when that happened, I was down and kind of just pissed off at the whole situation. So I didn't know what I was going to do. I called Steiny and, uh, and back I went for a fifth year, back to my comfort zone and and went back to St. Mary's. I did like a basket weaving. I did a, a <laughs> yeah. human resource management that year was was not the most difficult year academically, but it was a lot of fun. So I had that experience in Germany, got back in time where I was still ad- eligible to play for St. Mary's um, and then did the fifth year. And then after that fifth year, I got a call from Wheeling. Is that it? I was going to ask why Wheeling? Now, in my experience, Wheeling was like... It was in a tough division, in a tough conference, in a tough league, and it had tough – like John Brophy had been there before me. Like they had five tough guys. Like I picture that as being a real gritty spot that if I was just coming out of university and I wanted to experience pro hockey for a year or two, nothing against the people in Wheeling, but I would definitely not pick Wheeling, yeah, especially was, at that time. The Why people you- were great, and the, the fan support was great. Honestly, it was – Andrew Hotham, who was a teammate of mine at St. Mary's, went there. That's why. And I think he mentioned to them about me, and they called. And I had a couple teams calling, but, you know, just having having Andrew there and just pre- created a level of comfort. So I went down after the season, did all right. You know, it was, it was weird, too, because Wheeling at the time, I don't know if they still are, but they were a double affiliate. So they had... Montreal and Pittsburgh standing guys. So you're probably, if you're not signed with one of them, it's going to be tough to get. So I'm like a 26 year old free agent out of CIS. So I knew what it was and ended up like, you know, we talked about, I was a points guy for a lot of years, but even there you were, but wait, I looked when I first saw, just looked at your hockey DB. Um, because I don't I mean I played against you. I know a good year, so I, I don't usually need numbers to justify that. But when I saw thirty-three points, it's one thing. But another thing, you were third on your team in scoring, so you must not have had a team that put a lot of pucks in the net, prorated on any. Like there was players in that league that had a hundred points that year. Your leading score only at sixty, yeah. And then two players in the thirties, and you're one of them. Yeah, thirty points on the third as a third line center, shutting down the not other bad. team's best players. Yeah, it was good. It was. Yeah. It was an interesting league. I mean, anybody that's played in it, you know, it's a lot of travel. Um, it's a lot of hockey and, you know, you spend a lot of time on the bus, but for us, like we had such a good group. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was, uh, it was a good couple of years. Um, and yeah, I had some success, but then my second, my full, my second year there was the last lockout. So again, being a free agent from the CIS, like we had so many bodies being sent down because there was no NHL and we had two affiliates. So 
Clark Donatelli was the coach there and he he was awesome with me. He he kept me there. He gave me opportunities. His hands were tied a little bit with the draft picks and stuff, but he was great and I was, you know, I wasn't getting top line minutes, but I was playing. Didn't really sit out much and of course they're getting pressure from the NHL teams to play the draft picks, which yeah, I get. Um but yeah, I, I was able to play and I did all right. Um, but it was definitely tough. You're just you're just constantly looking over your shoulder um, for the next played, guy yeah. coming down, and especially with the lockout year. I think the level of the league in terms of you know skill got a lot better because there's a lot more players. But yeah, it's just one of those situations where every day you just you don't really know. You never really get into that comfort role where where you think you should be or where you're gonna be because. There were just so many bodies, but everybody experienced that, you know, that year with the lockout. It wasn't just me. Um, and yeah, yeah, fortunately, I stayed and had some fun and, you know, contemplated going back for another year and trying to get into the HL and do that. And But well, at that point, I think I'm 27 and I had originally like I, you know, hadn't really planned on stunts being a being a career I, I had my foot in the door because uh, your uncle right yeah my uncle's been in the industry for 40 years so it was okay. actually great for me like during between hockey seasons i would go away to play hockey and then i would come home and i would work on a movie for mm -hmm. a couple days during okay summer. i was gonna ask so that so you were familiar so you, you didn't just in like your 20s call up your uncle and say hey didn't you do something with stunts like you always had an idea yeah and his okay. and like my cousins all do it so it, it stunt world is it, it is a lot of family business. I mean, you kind of just grow up in it and you learn it. It's a crazy, crazy industry. But yeah, so it was always a part of my life to some extent. I think I did my first one when I was like seven years old. Wow. Um, it's a CBC show called Wind at My Back. Um, and I remember like, you know, as we saw, I remember as a kid going into the craft truck for the first time. And <laughs> I bet I just like, they'll make you any food you want. And you can have all this. And You're it was going, what the fuck? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, I was just blown away. So yeah. I got into the union and then just kept it and was able to just work randomly throughout the summers between hockey seasons. Um, and then, yeah, I was like that last year in Wheeling, it was kind of like, what's next? And I had my finance degree. So I tried a job in finance. And so you got that in Halifax. Yeah. And at some point here, someone gives you a phone call and you say, yeah, I'm going to try the Newfoundland senior league. Yeah. I got right? a random phone call from grand falls. And uh, some of your buddies there now, Greg Hoff would have played. Yeah, I knew Hoffer. He, Colin Power, but I don't think he was in Grand Falls yet. He no, but he was a great resource because there was a couple teams that had called me um, about it. And being in from like being in Halifax, it was kind of an easy flight. Yeah. And they told me the situation and how you can work a nine to five and they'll fly in and get you back in time on Monday. Had you had you heard of this? And, and when when you got over there. Well, actually, I'll let you finish this, how you how you get invited first. Yeah. yeah, like I didn't hear much about it. I knew there was a couple guys I knew had gone over, but yeah, I really had no idea. And I um, kind of used Colin Power as a resource as to where I should go mm -hmm. and, and who's who's a reputable team and where, where guys are treated well. And he immediately said, Graham Falls, he said, you'll never worry about anything if you It's a good answer. Him. And I think he was playing with me in Mount Pearl. But yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, because we're both from there. And we knew the difference. We went there trying to help them out for a few years, and they never re and they they never really got on board with the imports. They were kind of. I don't want to get any teams in hot water here, but we got paid quite well for you guys. It was really worth your while to come over. 
Um, and yeah, for us in Mount Pearl, we maybe had half that budget. It was really tough. So he gave you an honest answer. We would have loved to see you. We ended up playing. Well, Chris Morrison played with you, no? Yeah. He was an import for it for, for us for one year. Yeah, he's a good friend. Uh, yeah, we had a few. Dave Kornacki played in the OHL. He was a guy. But we, we always had, only had one. I think teams would allow three. We only had one. It was, you know, yeah. It, it was definitely the best decision. Cat, um, Grand Falls reminds me of Kamloops in the Western League. They get a lot of fans. Yeah. They're usually real successful. Guys like playing there, and you have a chance at winning the Allen Cup slash Memorial Cup. But you guys did, so you, you won a herder at least, or did you win two? No, we beat you one of them. You didn't beat me in any of them, big fella. Well, no, we didn't. Oh, no. I must say, it would have been the year before. Yeah, the year before. Yeah. We okay, went. we pull a big upset. Grand Falls went 22-2. and two. It's in my book. And while we were with this, with the CBs, Hewles was on our team, Chris Hewlett, who just yeah. came here and did a stunt gig with us. Um, anyway, yeah, it was one of my biggest wins ever, senior or no. But I forgot you weren't there then. Yeah, we in my three years in Grand Falls, we won three herders. Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, and we picked you up with Clarenville because yeah, I went so to the Allen Cup. Uh, yeah, it was nice because, you know, I had been playing out east for so long. And the way they do it in Newfoundland is they yeah. pick up guys for the Allen Cup. So. Uh, Ivan Hapgood with Clarenville called me and asked me if I'd come play. And I had just started a new job. So it was they, it was kind of risky business. They didn't want me to go. Um, I managed to get the time off, um, but they didn't really know I was going home to play hockey. Um, it's actually kind of a funny story. So we ended up in the finals. Yeah. And we, we lost 3-2 to Dundas. Dundas, yeah. So in yeah. those days, TSN was still covering the finals. Yeah. I remember that. It was 2015 or 16. I yeah, so none of my bosses at my job knew I was going home to play hockey. Oh, really? Now, now I'm on TSN. Oh. <laughs> and and weren't you an all-star? I scored both. Yeah, you did. I remember. I, I had two interviews in between each period. Oh, I was the guy fuck. That too funny. So my work buddies were texting me after like, oh, you're fucked. Like, but fortunately, nobody really found out. And I mean... You know, it didn't really matter anyways because I think I left the job like four weeks later after that tournament. But it was nice for me. It was in, in Dundas, and I grew up, you know, half hour from Dundas. So my family was able to come and watch, and and it was good. It was kind of like nice to come back home and, and jumping on a team like that. We had ours. That was awesome. For those that I've often fun. talked about it, God, we had a great, like a, a great hockey team. Like really, really, this was a good pro hockey team. It was uh, privileged to be on that squad. And um, we lost, yeah, 3-2 overtime to Dundas Real McCoys in Dundas. I remember Jay McKee playing. You know, he yeah. just got out of the NHL. He was a big player. Uh, Ryan Christie was there. Um, I think Randy Rowe scored the game. Yes, winner. Randy like Rowe. Yeah, OHL yeah. scoring champion. OHL, yeah. I remember I played against him. In, uh, he was in Peoria. I remember Randy well. Um, yeah, it was just a great hockey game, great hockey team. So now after that, I, I kind of lost. I, 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 didn't know exactly where you were in the film world, but I kind of lost track of you in yeah. the hockey world. So you stayed in Ontario and played right up until now, right? Yeah. Well, so then eventually I moved. I, I didn't really love my job in, in finance. It was an entry-level position in Halifax and went from, you know, playing hockey every day yeah. to sitting in front of three screens and sitting oh, there yeah. all day in a cubicle. And so I lasted about five months and, uh, just couldn't do it. So I, I quit the job and moved home. And I, I, because of being uh, playing in the East Coast League, PHPA, the Players Union, has a deal with the firefighting school. In yeah, Toronto. I so went through it. I did the, Yeah, so I did the yeah. FESTI four-week program um, at a reduced cost, which was great. It's kind of like leaning towards stunts and firefighting. Yeah. Uh, 
that was going to be my career path. Um, had a meeting with with like my uncle and and some people in the in the stunt industry about how to go about this, and it's a, it's a difficult world to crack and how to do it the right way and who to work with and how to stay safe. And I remember I didn't realize it at the time. My aunt, who's my uncle's wife, uh, took me around to sets with my resume and introduced me to coordinators. Uh, and at the time, I you know it was I didn't really realize, but that is like. In the stunt world, that is a huge thing to vouch for somebody like that and put your name on the line for somebody else was it just doesn't happen every day. So I'm super grateful that she was willing to do that. Wow. Um, and yeah, I just kind of chipped away at it. Like we were talking about earlier, it's tough. We're, we're essentially unionized contract workers. So you don't know when your next day of work is going to be. Um, so mentally it can be difficult. Financially, you have to manage things. Um, but when I did actually get my first big job it was doubling on stunt doubling on the movie goon 2 uh that that was it so it was like and that would have been what like 17 18 yeah i'm trying to think and like did you do firefighting for a little bit no well and, and you were just in the times, school i did the school and was the school sorry in in toronto yeah it was it was at the airport at pearson it's festy it's okay. called because i remember running into you in toronto and that that would have been why you were there yeah yeah likely i was living uh, living in Toronto, like Queen West area. Yeah, yeah. Can't remember, but I remember running into you there. And, and then, see, shortly after that, because I know Ryan Graham, and we went to a Toronto FC game and everything. So it's cloudy to me where I ran into you by fluke in the middle of Toronto, yeah, and where we all got together. It was something. It was something like that. Yeah. So that's where we are in time. Then, so at that point, you were deciding, okay, I'm going to go full into stunts, and you were still playing, but you didn't play for Dundas all this time, right? No, I was still going back to Grand Falls every weekend. Um, okay. And like, fortunately for me, I didn't really have a real job. So our, we would get flight delays in Newfoundland. You yeah. Kuehl's got fired because of it. Yeah. I remember he was he, on our team as an employee. We got stuck there for like three yeah. days and I didn't have anything to get home to. So I was just loving it. I was yeah, enjoying yeah. the, the mini fun. vacation. Um, Hules was freaking out. Yeah. But yeah, so for me, that first year when I was back in Toronto, I was going out there and having fun and we had success. I mean... We won every year. Our, our locals were great. Our newfies were great. Our imports were great. It was just like, and guys out there, like they want to play in that league and they want to win the herder. Like yeah. it's a big deal. So that was fun. It was fun to to come in and be a part of that group. And like it must have been in Grand Falls too, right? I mean, I, my dad's from Grand Falls. I was the only senior team I think in the I haven't played for, but not because I don't. There was always a reason. I'm from Mount Pearl, uh, you know, Gander. I played for Gander for a bit. And anyway, without getting into all the reasons I didn't, I really think it's a well-oiled machine. I love going to Grand Falls. I love the size of it. It looks like a little Pleasantville, right? The, you can tell it's a mill town that sprouted up in yeah. the 30s and 40s and real nice history to it. And everybody knows the local baseball players and hockey players. And if you go there, Joe Byrne is as popular as Wayne Gretzky. You know, I love that about it. But you guys also had almost 1,000 season ticket holders for your whole time there. You got paid really well. You had the best bus, buses, meals, everything paid for. And I was trying to explain to people in the Newfoundland League, like, you know, it's run like pro. Like, you're expected to be a pro. You're supposed to get there before the game, well before. Don't dress like a total streal. Be professional. You might have an interview in between. People are going to sell jerseys. So did you see that coming? And when you were getting paid the money you were, were you like, is this real? Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, kind of. Like, at yeah. first, I'm saying, if I didn't know much about a senior league, 
and someone called me to get paid that kind of money, I would expect, okay, is this a fighter's league like the Quebec? Or are they going to pay us to play hockey in this island on the end of Canada? Yeah, it was a combination of everything. Like the effort level that, that the guys played with, like senior, you know, yeah. I mean, you can argue that guys don't battle as hard. I know, as in a lot of places to, they know? don't. But yeah. there it was like, you know, we had like 22, 23 year old Newfoundlanders playing and they're out there grinding, chipping pucks, hitting guys. Like our D, our decor was just big and oh, man. mean. They like, were the hardest decor I've yeah, ever played against. And I'm glad I never senior. had to play against them yeah. because that was good and easy. big. Um, I should also mention, like, in the early going, they asked me if I wanted to stay in a hotel or if I wanted to stay with a family. And at that time in my life, I kind of, I don't know, I didn't choose the hotel route. I said, you know what? Really? Yeah, I, I actually had billets. I was like, whatever, 28, 29, and Rod Mandela Windsor. I nice. still keep in touch with them to this day. Like, I, they treated me so well. It was immediately like a second home. Wow, that's great. I didn't know this. It was like, they were, they're such good people. And, you know, I think it's, it's not a, like a lot of people know, Newfoundlanders are, Salt of the earth people. Mm -hmm. They're just they're just good, but especially them and Mandela with the dinners and Rod would come pick me up late for the airport with a couple refreshments for the like it was just immediately it was well after my first trip over we hit a moose in between <laughs> Come on. literally in the cab. Just like the stereotypical fifteen yeah. Fifteen minutes out of Gander. I'm there for <laughs> half an hour and we hit a bull moose comes across <laughs> So I was like, fuck. What is this? But fortunately, everyone was fine. We only just yeah. I don't it. mean to laugh. I mean I figured they were. If you're telling the story, okay. me and Hoffer were in the uh, in the cab, and we just nicked them, and it was fine. But yeah, anyway. So that was my first. And then when I met the Windsors, it was just like they're just they just treated me so well. It was like literally, and the team themselves, it was better than pro. The way and they it's, it's us. they got uh, yeah, it's 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 a awesome setup, and I, I suppose. Yeah, they're getting their they, COVID kind of knocked senior back a little bit in Newfoundland. The teams are still there, but you know what I mean. There's not as many, I think, uh, imports that the leagues aren't all one like it was. You got three iterations of senior hockey, but it's coming back, and um, the herder is still the herder, and it's like, cyclical over there. And and like yeah. I said, it, it kind of knocked it back a little bit, but it's awesome. When I when I played senior out in Cornerbrook, I went that route as well. The first year, I played four years there total. <laughs> first year hotel and then i met some real nice people nancy and sean gibbons and they lived in steadybrook and i said you know they just like that we hit it off and i'm like you know they would pick me up from the deer lake airport have a few beers there ready for me um while we'd go in thursday we'd practice and then usually play friday saturday or friday sunday i enjoyed that setup too not every, it's not for everybody yeah definitely not for everyone but like that point in my life you know i was nice to have a warm cooked meal yeah, you know, and and there were lots of those. I used to laugh because some of the other guys, you know, weren't treated quite I, as well as I was. Totally, and I was like, I was gaining weight there because there was just so much food, and they just they're just really great people. And like I said, I still keep in touch with them to this day. Every couple of weeks, yeah. every couple of months, we call, and when wow. we can, we we visit. They they've been uh, when did they come? They come up to Toronto a couple of years ago, but yeah, it was a great experience and. And aside from a couple moose incidents, uh, it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. With DraftKings, you can bet on any game you want. Whether you want to bet the puck line or the over under, DraftKings has something for everybody. And if you want, you can throw down on your favorite player as an anytime goal scorer. 
Or if you're looking for a long-term bet, maybe you want to predict the Stanley Cup champion. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. So why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off. Yes, 5-0% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. You've probably heard me talk about some of Raycon's products on here before, like how great they are for listening to the Hockey Podcast Network or some of TR's music recommendations. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life or a perfect in-ear fit for all-day lasting comfort. And this past year, Raycon expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. The Raycon Home faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring that the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Or if you're looking for a great stocking stuffer, their 5-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices 8 times faster with 100 watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Now, listen, I know I said a half hour, and this always happens, but it's been 45 minutes. Uh, but I have just a few. We call it rapid-fire randoms for the end. Uh, are you okay for those? Yeah, I Okay, here we go. And by the way, maybe we'll have to have volume two because I got so many other, you know, like now now we could get into Shorzy for another two hours because we, I don't even know if I explained it yet, folks, but we find ourselves here again because Cam's doing stunt coordinating for our show and plays plays a role slash roles in there at times. And um, so we're in Sudbury 
for most of the better part of six weeks together, right? So now we're here, brings us here. I have people over to the hotel. It's much easier. I wanted to get Cam on for a while, if not for our common denominator friends and the Newfoundland League, but Stunts kind of brings it all together. So here we are. Rapid Fire Randoms with Cam Fergus. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Uh, time travel. That's a great answer. All the all the bad decisions we've made in the past. Imagine we could go back. Most and- people say flying or invisible invisibility cloak or whatever it is, but um, time, travel, baby. I would have won the lottery four or five times by now. Like like Biff in uh, Back to the Future yeah. too. That's the big thing. Didn't see that coming. All he does, he goes back and for such an idiot, for Biff the idiot. In the Back to the Future movies, that's one genius move that he makes. <laughs> yeah. He gets hold of that time machine, and the first thing is go get a gambling book, sports book. Um, your most memorable goal ever? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I got a couple. <laughs> Funny. Um, I scored two goals in the championship game, it, uh, Nationals CIS with St. Mary's. Um, I had herniated discs and missed the missed all the playoffs because I couldn't feel my right leg and the athletic therapy team there freaking worked their butts off to get me back and I was able to I think I might have been an all-star second team all-star for the tournament yeah. so th- either one of those two goals or uh in Grand Falls I scored the herder winning goal in overtime against Cornerbrook and did you yeah yeah that one was pretty awesome I mean the town was I mean the rink was just on wheels they were loving it It was overtime in overtime yeah yeah i think we were up in the series anyways but to score the winner so that either of those um yeah that's that's those are big and i can just imagine the fucking atmosphere in that yeah, overtime. It was awesome. jesus so christ wouldn't replicate that in any league uh i'll give you a player you give me one word scott darling oh what a great story uh, uh Great human. Two so words. Stanley Cup winger, for those that don't know, and came from the East Coast League and Cam had played with him in Wheeling before he won the Cup. Just a great, great person and a great story. He turned his life around and won a Stanley Cup. And I was with him in Wheeling and got to see the good Scott Darling. I never, ever saw the the dark days for him and just, just, uh, just a great human. Awesome. I got to know him recently. You know, he's a stand-up comedian now. And I didn't know him at all when he played pro, and we became pretty good friends. He visited Newfoundland a couple of years ago. Uh, Pat O'Keefe. Oh, the worst guy to play against in junior. Just a, oh, just just a motor, just nonstop. Nonstop, motor. yeah. Absolute motor. Chipway, small guy, but Great really guy. And uses that stick so well. Yeah, and he was little, and he was always in your face, and especially like we played Fog Devils in playoffs both my years in Cape Breton. Mm, I remember that. He, was, he would just battle forever and he was just a little twerp out there but he was just a motor i played with him at university he's yeah. a great guy he was on the team that you guys wanted right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. uh colin power a truck i used to have to get out of the, one way. Of the best hitters ever oh man he uh i would literally dodge hitter, bodies because they'd be flying what a hitter yeah i mean i'm including all the pro that i played I'd be hard pressed to come up with five better hitters than Colin Power. Yeah, he was a fuck me. Uh, Scott Brophy, oh, heart and soul guy, just just one of the best guys ever. Great leader, great leader, great person. Just just yeah, just one of the best guys you'd ever meet. Ryan Graham, oh, yeah, absolute beauty. Uh, and he was your roommate too. I forgot. Yeah, that. we went through some stuff. We had a 
and not to, you know, go too in, in depth. No. We had been winning or we had been living together for a couple of weeks and it took me a couple of weeks to finally figure out what the hell he was saying half the time. But uh, our billet son had decided. Newfoundlanders hard enough. A Newfoundlander with a speech impediment. There you go. Yeah. Good luck. We, uh, in a Quebec league. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So once I figured out, but our, our billet son who, who didn't live with us, we lived with the brother committed suicide. Um, oh, Jesus. I didn't know that. Yeah, so this is, this is a, a little, maybe a little sidetrack. But uh, so we lived with the brother, the, the, uh, the brother that we lost lived with the father. We lived with the mom and the younger brother. So Ryan and I became very close very quickly because I bet we had to be the big brother for the, yeah. for Pat who had lost his. So um, yeah, he's a, uh, we had so much fun, man. He's a funny guy. Like I love one him. of the guys you'd one of my favorite people on the years, planet. Yeah. Call him up, and it's just like yesterday, and he'd do anything for you. And when I uh, when I say speech impediment, I don't get emails about that. So he's got a little bit of a lips type thing. We joke about it. We always do. He tells a funny story when he went to Minnesota camp, and they all they give you four crackers, and you got to eat the crackers really quick and try to tell a story inside of a minute. And he talks about how fucked up his story sounded because it's hard anyway. And I can yeah. only imagine. And you're a rookie and you're there and all like it's bad enough. And he says, you know, I kind of had a complex about it. I'm fucking spitting dry crackers out of my mouth. Uh, great, it's a great fucking story. We had a great time at his wedding this summer. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great man. Um, so he's you're on. He's, he's a brother to me. He will be forever. Yeah, me too. And uh, I didn't know that. I, I that something like that can bring you guys together really early, or anybody. Uh, your last meal, you're on death row. What would it be? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna go with a medium rare elk steak with a baked potato, all the fixins, and you know some veggies on the side there. Very specific. The elk steak. Um, okay, you got a you're a DJ in this world. Stunts fell through. Um, all your hockey connections are gone. And right now you live in Vienna, Austria, and you're big on to the EDM dance scene. And now you are a DJ. you got to pick one of these names. Berg City, The Ice Ferg, Funkmaster Fergus, or simply Zonk? I think three or four, probably Funkmaster. Uh, but Zonk would probably uh, do Okay, uh, you got to travel to Jupiter, so you got to go up there, and you got a little bit of business to do on one of the moons. You're a scientist, and uh, for some reason, it's about three, four months. We've come up with some crazy technology. This is a couple months from now, and we can go there and back about three months each way. Now, you got to pick one of your teammates. It's only, let's say, four people fit on this ship, but you got to pick one to be a DJ and one to be a chef, and it's got to be an ex-teammates. Who's going to cook the food and who's going to do the music? Jeez. Um, it's been such a long time. I think so in Wheeling. Played with a guy, Zach Torquato. I know Zach. Yeah. He's married to a friend of mine. He Newfoundland. was Italian. He liked his food. He I could think probably... Scott was the reason he was over in Newfoundland was his wedding, yeah, I think. Yeah, could have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Torx could probably be the DJ and the chef. Oh, um, nice. I'll let him know. Yeah, he was, uh, his parents used to come down. They were Italian. They'd cook up. Some yeah, I met his parents. I met his father actually on the street as well. You're saying that. I, I met them just walking down the street. And then he's married to a friend of ours, Carolyn. And um, they, I believe, I believe he played over in Europe that while, right? He's probably still yeah, over there playing. coaching there now. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew. I followed his career a little bit. Great fella. Yeah, great guy. He would, he would do both, I think, for me. Yeah. Oh, I, wow. Although I do like cooking as well, so. Good answer. Uh, also, another guy there, Zach Hansen. Uh, 
American guy from from Minnesota, I believe. I was roommates with him, and he would cook up some big, delicious meals. Now you get to take a celebrity on this trip. Okay, so you you got you plus three more. You already got your DJ and your chef. Well, let's. I guess you could take. You know what? So let's take two. If Zach's going to do both, you're going to take two of these five people. Okay, six people: Justin Bieber, Tom Cruise, Jimmy Fallon, Kid Rock, Snoop Doggy Dog, or Victor Wembanyama. Guy who just went first overall. I mean, oh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take two. Uh, give me that list again. Justin Bieber. Yeah, Biebs is Tom Cruise. Tom, okay, so Tom is... You could pick his brain about stunts. Oh, and he treats his stunt guys great. And Does he, he? Oh, yeah. Okay, this is good to hear. Yeah. I like he, to hear it because he has more money and fame than anybody could ever... There's only so many people that have more money and fame yeah. than ever. But a lot of them don't be good people, and I don't understand it. And when I hear about this guy and you hear all the Scientology, whatever, I, and I don't want to ever judge people on their beliefs. I hate doing that. But I do judge people on how they treat, and I've just known I've never known anybody that be in his world. Yeah. So you've heard this. So now. colleagues of mine worked on the the Mission Impossible, whatever okay. one, seven or six or whatever one just came out, and he's I mean he, he does his own stunts, which is crazy yeah. for a guy like that. And yeah, the, he he treats the stunt guys very very well. Um, awesome. So he's got to be on the list for sure. Awesome to hear. Well, who's and the other Snoop, one? Snoop. Yeah, I think Snoop would probably be good to. Uh, I, I can't see how it would be bad. Can yeah, you? Snoop, it can't be bad. Me, Tom, and Snoop just uh, chilling. Not up. bad. There's just two good picks. I don't know who I would have. Those there were the first six names <laughs> popped into my head. Yeah, it's awesome. popped into my. You know what I often do the night before? I just sit there and have half a gummy or smoke a little bit. I have half a coffee, and it usually drums up some good Once questions. You get the creative juices. Yeah, if I get too far in, it's not good. But. There is that, you know, that happy medium era or area. Um, favorite athlete outside of hockey? Ever. Oh, it doesn't have question. to be now. I mean, uh, I mean, Tiger for sure. Mm. Uh, Interesting. I think Michael Jordan too. Um, I love I remember Michael as Jordan. a kid watching the Bulls and when he made that cross pull up jumper for in the finals, like, yeah, I think either of those two are. And when I saw the documentary and how hard of a teammate he can be, which some people didn't like, but when I look back, every time he was interviewed, he always was humble and he always, and knowing that now, how hard he was on his teammates and that he never came out and really shit on him in the media, I really appreciate it with today's new age athlete. A lot of them aren't like that. And you have to, to be a good leader, you have to ruffle feathers. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta expect the best, but you know, I think you can't expect more than what you're willing to give. And a guy like that, Know, worked his ass off yeah. and he had high expectations, but he backed it up. Agreed. Have you ever been in a line brawl? Uh, I don't think I have in all the years. I've been beat up a couple times for sure, but that was mostly line brawls rare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, line brawls kind of a lot of fights I've been in, out. but I really, really, if I think about it, where all five people were fighting. Western League, I remember even in the A, two might break out, but for a line brawl, those are rare. Unless you're talking about in the movies. Yeah, we do a lot of those. I was just in one in season two. True. And I can't talk about, by the way, so there was something you did the other day that when I said I made a rhyme up about you having balls, (laughs) that's big kahunas. People are going to see it, and I'll talk about this. So you guys listening, send me messages. Send me one after season three comes out, which I'm guessing is going to be in the spring. Could be later, but I really don't know. We're filming it now. That's no secret. I'm guessing for like hockey playoffs around there. And if it comes out and then I can answer the question that I just kind of hinted at, 
then by all means, send me a message. I can't say it now, but it was one of the most ballsy things I've seen. I don't know that I'd be able to do it. Timing, too. You you also have to be a good stuntman for that. Yeah, there's a lot of elements for sure, yeah. but it wasn't just me. Um, and without giving up too many details, like, you know, I yeah. I was involved, but there was multiple people and everybody had to be on and we were on. And yeah, I mean... It was, yeah, it was, it, it was pretty good, I think. Yeah, I think it turned out great. I, I was actually nervous. I was skating around beforehand and I... I went over like I, I was like that. I, I was like it was me. You know, that's one of the tough things with stunts is like inevitably, you know, we do, you do your acting and all the stuff through the day. And then the last thing we do is this, the stunt. So yeah. you sit there all day and you're yeah. thinking about what you have to do. It's like when you got, it's like the odd time that if I like, there's times that, you know, a game's going to be rough. But let's say the game before, like, and I wasn't really dirty. I, I, I really wasn't. But there was things sometimes maybe... I hit the goalie or something the game before, and I know that, like, you know, it's coming. Ryan Vandenbush is coming, yeah. and he's coming first shift. And I'd rather the game be fucking noon, to be honest. I wish this get was the Sunday noon. Yeah, it's like yeah. that when the stunt comes, because you're like, yeah, you get 100%. in, right? It's crew call, and then you're like, huh, eight hours you from now. Around, you <laughs> think about it. You overthink about it. You always overthink it. It's, always uh, overthink it. It reminds me of hockey in that way. It's mm-hmm. like you have to be mentally prepared and physically prepared. And once you're there and you're And it's funny it. because once... I remember, like, I remember that feeling. Well, I mean, I still get it because we still do those things. And even as much un, as uneasy, it's nervous anxiety. As uneasy as that is, I'm kind of addicted to the feeling. When I don't have that feeling in my life for like six months, I feel complacent. Like, I feel lost. Like walking out for a playoff game. Yeah. Lining up for the anthem. Yeah, just like that. You're just, the adrenaline's there. But just you like have that. to harness it. You can't, yeah. you know, you can't let it overpower you you still have to totally in the moment and i think job. that is as much as it might be uncomfortable for me like i know that i can hurt we all do and, and i like harnessing that like I, I enjoy it and the feeling after it's it's done and like the, i find you, you couldn't have that that feeling could never happen without the first feeling and that second yeah. feeling is one of my favorite feelings in the world it's hard to, unless you feel it it's hard to yeah it's know, hard to explain it but fortunately, on this show with all the hockey guys, mm. we've all kind of lived that and been able to yeah. perform. You know, so you don't. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, that goes kind of unsaid on this. Yeah, set. It's, uh, we're very fortunate to work with this group. Favorite uniform ever? It doesn't have to be hockey. Favorite jersey, basically, could be anything. I mean, I love the Chicago Blackhawks. People I in Montreal know. are going to feel blasphemous, I but I just really, really like it. I mean, I I grew up a Canucks fan because my only memories of my uncle playing. True. Um, was 94 when he was with the Canucks, the, the skate blade, the orange, yeah. yellow, and black Classic Canucks uni. jersey. I had the starter jacket that we all probably had, pull it over, you know, yeah. half zip with the, those colors. That's definitely, and even their their white, and blue, and green ones are nice now, too. Yeah, they are. And listen, so the, the beret stick that you grab, you shoot right, he shoots left. He shoots so left, yeah. You so, bought it, you got just for souvenir purpose, which yeah, you... Yeah, my know. uncle shot left too, so they were two left sticks, so I wasn't going to use them anyways. And it was, yeah, it was, he came up to me and I remember thinking, like, I was, this is a long time ago, I but know, I remember but thinking it wasn't that big and he had two sticks and his curve was just like a big open hook. Remember his agility? And it was cooler. Remember him, was. like, in the zone, like his agility? His speed. When I say to people, good skater, like when I say Paul Coffey's a good skater, I also think Pavel Bray's a good skater, but they're two different yeah, things. Yeah, Pavel, I feel Holy like just explosive. Just explosive. Gone. And then in the zone, like one way and then the other. It'd be interesting to see a guy like that in today's game. It really would. 
and yeah. see if he would. I gotta think he would stand out, but it's gotten so much. Faster. You've got to think. It's like Sergey Fedorov. I've often thought, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Certain guys, like, I would have to think. I, I mean, I don't know, but you know, if you think about it, Joe Thornton just re- retired a couple of years ago. I mean, he played when they did, yeah. and if, if people can adapt their game and go so long, I know he was a failed. He was a fracture of himself, a fraction of himself, but he still played. You know, guys that play, can figure it out. So maybe. Now, would their skating has been as much of an asset when everybody's a good skater? You know, I mean, be, yeah, I don't know. The I don't know. I'd changed. love to see it. I mean, kids nowadays are so freaking good. I know. It's just changed so much. Like everybody can like. Everybody. Everybody has. Great, yeah. And Michigan's like, a joke. Yeah, it's like you see yeah. six year olds doing that in games now. That yeah. didn't even exist 15 years ago. It didn't. Um, one of the first times I saw a backhand toe drag, me and my stepson Tyson were at a game in Grand Falls watching, <laughs> and it was you. And now it happens all the time. Yeah, it's, it um, that's true. You got to go to the North Pole for some reason. Now, this time you're a scientist and you're going up and you're doing experiments on the glaciers. You're in the North Pole for 300 days. You get three albums. Which ones would you take? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I got to go with like ACDC. Okay. Like, it can be three greatest hits if you want. Yeah, to greatest hits uh, for sure. I mean, those like in teen years, listen to that before games. Can't really go wrong. That's for sure. Uh, and then Tragically Hip for sure. Uh, I'd take their greatest hits. Yeah. Good, good Canadian music. And then I got to go some hip hop. I mean, when that, that 2000, 2004 Dre album came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe there. So. Okay, that's three good ones. Um, yeah, I, I always, it's like a standard question, but it always, because for me, I go in music. I love the Beatles, right. but I might go three months without listening to one song. Right. Right. And then you're in a mode and you're like, okay. Um, the other, the other two weeks ago, I listened to every Huey Lewis and the News album straight through. I was just here. I'm actually I, like blown away at your music knowledge and only child. Pre-internet, growing up, right. and I had three thousand or four thousand albums to pick from and do whatever I wanted. That's why it's so great that your yeah. character. Likes I know, music I know, it is. Well. It's I, like I so wonder perfect. if you did that because of it. Yeah, I don't know, but like, because he's into music too, so I never really asked him. But this one's not only does Hitch like tunes. music, but a lot of what he likes is kind of what what I like anyway. Like, yeah, it's great. It's so good. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, and music's always plays a big role in my life. Okay, for three hundred twenty-six million dollars. Okay, so. You're 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 gonna get three hundred twenty six million for this, so your money woes are over. Not okay. that you have woes, but you never have to worry again. Okay, um, but you've got to replace your head with a random male head. You don't really know. It's gonna be a random head, like a like a, a bingo. You're you're pulling a number. You have no idea. It's gonna be a random head, and you have a no smoking tattoo on your neck for some reason. Okay, like a big one. But but it's three hundred twenty six million. Do you take it? Yeah, you take the three hundred twenty six. I think you do. It's it it's tough for me to to look at myself without my head. But just think of three hundred twenty six mil. Three hundred million dollars makes everybody's handsome. And 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 well, for the, the rest of did you land on three hundred twenty six million? I don't know. I'm looking at that now. <laughs> look, I'm not kidding. That's what I wrote. Yeah, you, you and look so. At some point last night, I'm sitting there. I got gummies in me. See, it's billion at first. And for some reason, I changed it to 300. <laughs> like, that would make a difference. Right? 
And why 326? <clears throat> I don't know, but that's the question. That's great. Yeah, no, give me a, give me a new okay. head. And give me yeah, okay. Bucks. Best, your best Christmas memory ever? Christmas. Oh, interesting. I mean, I think uh, any hockey player that went away yeah. to, to play, coming back at Christmas, you'd get like a week. It and uh, really just, appreciate yeah, like that first couple days when your buddies come and see you and you visit family and so, like, yeah, when I was away in Cape Breton, probably, obviously, hockey was going great. So, um, you know, there yeah. was not a ton of pressure there. And just coming home to to see friends and family for the first night where you get together and have a couple beers, definitely, uh, yeah, it makes you appreciate people. Tri-Cities would uh, send me home if I asked, obviously. But it was like we, we only were off, like, for four or five days. So I remember we played on, like, the 23rd and the 27th. And I flew home anyway, again, from Tri-Cities. So I got to go, like up to Vancouver and then across. It took forever. And they booked me to St. John, New Brunswick. And I spent Christmas in a hotel. The wrong place. And it was too late to too, too, too late to get any... Right. Everything was packed over. So Beautiful I spent... St. John. Yeah, in, in a hotel room. Went down to the lobby and actually... I do remember it being a good time. I told everybody my story at the hotel bar and we had a laugh. Yeah, I mean, you make the best. Yeah. For sure. Uh, your best Halloween costume you've ever worn. Ah, uh, good so, okay, so as St. Mary's, um, I had some back trouble, some injury issues throughout the year. So mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time in the athletic therapy uh, clinic. And we had two trainers, Chad Newhook, who's a newfie, and Kurt Stevenson. So Chad was kind of like a power lifter, pretty heavy set guy, pretty prominent goatee. Yeah. Kurt was like a tall, skinny cyclist. So... I mean, we, the athletes at the school all hung out together, and Chad and Kurt were very prominent people in this new world. So uh, Ryan Rohrbeck, roommate of mine, uh, OHL, former OHL guy, we dressed up as Chad and Kurt. So I put a big pillow in my thing. I had a goatee, and he always used to drink Diet Coke. So the, uh, the varsity athletes really loved that one. And Chad and Kurt loved it, too. So oh, I was going to say, so if they loved it. it, it was, that was probably the best one. We got the most attention for that one. We're taping up ankles and stuff. What, what rule uh, would you change in hockey? Ah, this this whole push for no fighting needs to disappear. Yeah, I mean, I, it feels like like you just said, like you just said earlier. It's the same in in, in university when when there's no fighting, what happens? It gets yeah, everybody, everybody has everybody's a, a tough guy. Yeah, and everybody, you know, there's no we just players police themselves. Yeah, it's always been like that, and you know, I never want to see guys get hurt don't want to see concussions but this push for like i had more with there's going to be more injuries because more. of no fighting i got i had pcs four times once really bad all through getting hit open ice though i never it's like i can't explain to people but a punch just can't it can't have as much force as me skating with as a left winger out of my own end looking for that breakout pass and someone's coming this way and force on force. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. And sometimes I guess yeah. you could get in a fight in your head. Could it? But if you look at now, I've, I've done it a thousand times. If you look at the amount of concussions, there are more now. And there's way less fighting. So, obviously, one thing. It's like Crosby, some of those, right? Yeah. And, I, like, maybe I'm like, out of play and do it. But I have a huge respect. But you're getting hit if there's none. It. Yeah. And, yeah right. The guy that if I didn't have. Like, <laughs> you I'm didn't do a judge for a reason. Nobody's That's the reason. thinking twice. They're, yeah. just, they're just out there to hurt you knowing that nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So that rule, I feel like that's a rule. It's that's, funny. Somebody who has never played the game 
yeah. at a high level is making that rule. Every yeah, and and, and people that chime in on Twitter, a lot of them are they're not real fans, and they're not they're, you're you're seeing them comment, and it's but they they haven't put any time in to experience yeah. the game. It's funny you ask you say senior. First few years senior hockey, I went home, man, and me and Langer fought. Again, when I get onto the ice, I'm not – I'm thinking like you are, okay? I, I knew – I got out to the Western League. I realized I'm in a tough league. I do have a bit of a temper, but I'm really never, ever thinking going into this game, I can't wait to fight or this is my job or it happened. I know it seems crazy to hear me say that, but that's the truth now. But was I tough? Yes. Middleweight that could fight the heavies, and when it happened, some teams I played on, like my first year in the A, I had thirty fucking four. If I'm on a team that people needed to happen, so anyway, all of that fighting, and my first bunch of years in Newfoundland Senior League, I barely fought at all. Again, Langer twice. Um, I don't know. There was a couple more people got brought in, and you know, never more than four, five in a year, but it happened. Okay. Mm. Now the year that they take it out, I don't know. I guess it was 2010 or 11 where they made it a three-fight rule in senior. Remember that? So we're playing first game of the year, and I'm not even really paying attention. I, I, I don't even think first game of the year, though, Ryan Penny, who's shit disturber, but he's next to me, and Penny, you yeah. want to go? You want? And I'm going, what the fuck? I'm not even thinking about it. And he, sure enough, puck drops. Boom, cross-check me in the back of the head. I drop my gloves. Now I start going. Yeah, he dropped his gloves. We went straight down. He's laughing. He goes, that's one. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and then I'm going, oh. Exactly. I only get two more of these, and then I'm going to start getting, which sure enough. Yeah. And right now, all of a sudden, everybody wants to fight me. I didn't have one for the four fucking years previous, but now everybody wants to. I mean, when I said those fights, it was when I first went back. But full years had gone by in senior where I didn't get one. And that's what I mean. Everybody comes a tough guy. And me is one thing. They want to get me off because I can fight. So they're saying, get him out. And we don't want him fighting against us in the playoffs if it gets there. For a guy like you or, or Keith Delaney that doesn't do much fighting at all, it's even worse. Yeah. Right? Guys because take, they're coming straight at you. Yeah, guys take liberties and there's no accountability. And it's fucking and horrible. And here they're putting in the rule to protect guys like you. When, when I say guys like you, I mean pure scores that get brought in to do a thing. And it, it, it ends up hurting you. And people don't realize that. You need someone out there. It was far easier when Tristan Manson is out with you. Yeah, what a uh, character he You was. know, like, you, I'd feel more safe with him on my team, just like I did with Mick Fakoda and Shane Corson and, and Darcy Tucker and whoever. Yeah, and and the utmost respect for the guys that do that because yeah. that is not an easy thing to do. Um, but it is a part of hockey, and it, it's part of what makes hockey great. And I love, circle back to Shorzy, how... Yeah. You know, this show, it's a bit over the top with the comedy totally. stuff, but a lot, like a lot of times the good, it's illustrating the good things about hockey. And, yeah. and part of that is the respect that players have for each other and fighters and tough guys like pave the way for that respect to stay. Yeah. And you're, yeah, you're, that's a, that's a great fucking way to put it. You know what? And, um, I like that random thought. So I'm going to leave it. We have one more question I'm going to ask you because I, I think that's a great note to end it on. Uh, all-time teams. So here's what's going to happen. In this hypothetical world, you get a team to beat mine, whoever it is. My team's not important. But you get to pick five players and a goalie. Now, it can't be Gretzky, Lemieux. Okay, because they're the two. Yeah, four. It can't be Gretzky, Lemieux, Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr. Okay, yeah. so they're four that it can't be. Or any Montreal Canadiens. 
<laughs> meaning Patrick Waugh, Rocket Richard, John Bellavoli, and a lot of people would go there. So no Montreal Canadiens. And those four I mentioned, the top four players ever, it can't be them. It can be anybody else. You got to pick three forwards, two D, and a goalie. That's and, the way hockey and, works. And like today's hockey. Yeah. Well, but we're going to say that today's all these ish. players, yeah, today's ish, and all these players in a hypothetical world are 28. So you you take Rocket Richard, or no, you can't take Rocket Richard. But you I can. mean, yeah, and no disrespect to the to the prior generations, because um, yeah, great players, but I didn't see them as much. Yeah, um, I would say Broder in that. Yeah, can't great. go wrong there. He's the third defenseman. Certainly can't. Yeah, uh, Nick Lidstrom. Yeah, D man. I practiced with him for a full summer. I went to Vasteris where he's yeah, from. I bet you didn't get around him very often to work at, at all. I, I went there to work on my skating and uh it was him and peter popovich were from the same place i'm in montreal dressing room the habs would give us money to go wherever we wanted if, if it and i needed to work on my skating yeah but i like traveling so i call brad brown same thing and popovich is he's like i'm from vasteris sweden and you know lidstrom practices with us and we we fucking sold the team on us on it and we went over there and practice with lidstrom and the team like the local team which was pro league over there for the full summer. Anyway, it was fucking unreal. He get, made the game look so easy. So easy. I know that. That's what I said to people. I'm like, I can't explain it to you. Like, even if I look at McCarr, like you can tell that there's something good. But Lindstrom, he made it look like shinny, like every yeah. play. And he was so patient that it'd be like last minute. I'm going like, we're going to take the puck off this guy. So confident. Yeah, it was just, incredible. So, yeah, I think him. And then, I mean, you could go like coffee or Bork. Are we, am I allowed to use them? Yeah. Um, and then in today's game, like Makar is unbelievable. Yeah. But that being said, uh, yeah, you can take it. any of those are good answers. Yeah, I think we'll go. Makar yeah, shoots right. The other one shot. I right. mean, and Lidstrom, you know, bit bit more stay at home. Have Makar buzzing around, so I'll go with that. But shout out to Ray Bork and yeah, and Paul Coffey in their prime for sure. For sure, yeah. That those any of those would be good picks. I like McCarr because he shoots right and the others shoot left, and yeah, you can so offset it. I mean, and then you look at Sid. How can you not have Sid? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's the fifth best ever. But a lot of people would say Richard. There's a few, but on that list, yeah. I'm, and I'm generally generationally, I'm kind of sticking to like the here and now a bit. Yeah. And it's uh, tough to compare greatness, especially eras. So yeah, the game's changed a lot for sure. Um, so yeah, obviously Sid, Sid, like six or seven years ago, like his like the years they were winning the cup. Dude, dude, can you believe? I knew he was doing well. I looked. He's thirty six. He's going to be thirty seven after Christmas. He's near the leaders again every year. Again, and he's just like I went. What at some point? My hat's off to you, Sid. But it's going to be a great year if you get sixty points. He's got 27 again already. He Holy works fuck. hard. He's never you never hear anything bad about him. Like he's yeah, just the consummate professional. Yeah. And he just brings it. He always brings it. Can't, I mean, okay, so then McDavid. I mean, if we're talking Yeah. Yeah, you can take McDavid and why wouldn't you? Yeah. And then like And by the way, you can pick three forwards, three shoot left. They, they, they can be three centermen. Anybody can play wing. Yeah. I feel like like Mark Messier and his yeah. prime. When he was mean, or he's a captain of New York, and he he said they were going to win and got the hat trick. Like what? Guy he even can looks do like a hockey. Like he is the pure hockey package, and even looks like it. Yeah. Like if there was one prototypical player ever that like plays like Messier, it's Messier. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Then like okay, so then you look at Ovi. Yeah. Like who else is ever going to come close to Gretzky's goals? Incredible. So how do you not? 
I mean, there's a lot of good players. If I was going to go a generation prior, I'd take Mass for sure. But like yeah. Sid, Ovi, and McDavid. And, Ovi, then, and with Ovi, like you got your right shot ago. again. Yeah. The other three shoot left. I feel like, right. you know, those guys when they were 26, 27, 28, now they're getting a yeah. little older in the It's actually world. amazing that they're still doing what they're doing. Yeah. It's I, really amazing that they are, that Ovi and Sid, and, and, and Sid they're in their late 30s now. And um, hockey's not easy on the body. We played, I played a couple years against Sid in junior. Wow. And it was like, unlike anything I had ever seen, he was so, I mean, he still is, but his skating and his like low center of gravity. Yeah, that's crazy. They would beat us. One game, I think we were in Ramuski. I was with Gatineau. They beat us 3-2. I think he had like You can't two, push him off the long. puck. That's, not, that's one another thing that are people who don't really, really follow it real close, I, I think, realize is how strong he is yeah, on the puck. He's just, yeah, he's strong. But like in the strong. corners. And not, not a big guy, but wide. Wide, yeah. Wide guy. And, and, and the hockey. So to combine that with the hockey IQ that's off the charts makes for one dangerous hockey player. And the work ethic. Yeah, and the work like ethic. Just, I tell you, last year, so I met him. I went down with Spit and Chicklets, and it was November, and we went down. So it was one of the first games of the year. We did like a live show at Carnegie Hall down there. So then we, they were like, oh, there's a game tomorrow. Biz is nice enough. He said, do you want to stay around? I'll get your flight on Monday instead of Sunday, whatever. And we'll go to the game. Perfect. So we went and it, it, he goes, we can definitely get in the room, but it, it's not going to be right after. So we waited, waited. This is at least an hour. I, I, I'm thinking like closer to two hours after. And we got in to the dressing room. I, th I think I saw the clips yeah. of this. Three people left, first of all. It was only Petrie, Malkin, Crosby. And Malkin and Petrie were getting done their workout. And we waited. We, Crosby kept going. So here's two hours after the game in November. So he's working out. Gets off the bike, comes over. Hey, guys. And we think he's done. And he's going to. And he starts fucking pumping iron. Now he's pumping iron. Yeah. Then as we're talking, he goes, grabs a stick. And he's like, tape him one. And then he goes to the trainer. Can you bring me another one? And he. And he he, he he cuts it off like maybe an inch up, and he's still experimenting. I'm going, fuck, he wants so, to stay at the, He wasn't doing it for our benefit. Right. He was fucking around with sticks and everything. Like It's amazing to for me. Like You see what he does on the ice. We see yeah. him on TV, but that shit behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, there's, I think, Pavel Datsuk, like, Yager. The yeah, way he yeah Yager, I hear, yeah. Like, there was nobody at nobody the rink now. That. There were rookies on the team. And, there was yeah. nobody left. Yeah, and that's why these guys are so freaking good. Yeah. Because they are just, it's just next level. It's its amazing to go out there, play 30 minutes, whatever it is for sit in a game, plays in every situation, and then do an, a workout for two yeah, hours after know, yeah. in an 80-game season. It's, in, it is yeah, in November. It's, like, <laughs> it's fucking wild. It's amazing. Um, okay, You, you got to respect it. You just can't not. Total respect. One of my favorite players ever. And a lot of the players we mentioned are some of my favorite players ever, Canada or not. I always pump Canada on here, but Alex Ovechkin is one of my favorites ever for sure. And you mentioned Pavel Datsuk, and I think that he was one of the most beautiful players ever to watch, right? Lots of people land on the scoreboard. Lots of people um, are great leaders. Lots of people win cups. But to combine all those things together and watch that, what's what I love about hockey um, the, the the gracefulness that he can skate around and play with in such a physical league with with you know boundaries, yeah. boards, and weapons and, and giants. It's beautiful. Do you have anything else to do? You have anything to promote or anything before we go? No, buddy. Uh, I'm just happy uh, happy you had me on. This was super fun. Uh, you know, we're uh, we're deep into Shorzy season three, so uh, looking forward to uh, 
another couple of weeks of some hard work and uh, in a few months it'll come out and I hope everybody enjoys because because we enjoy doing it. We really do. It's a great group here and we're very fortunate to uh, to be a part of it. We, uh, yeah, for those that don't know, we're very aware of how lucky we are. We were just talking about it in the car pretty much every day. We're like, you know what? Let's go out and have a great day. Let's do a good job here because we're very, very fucking fortunate. Um, imagine just seven or eight years ago, we're skating around Newfoundland senior hockey. Had no idea we would end up in a place like this together uh, on top of all that. So thank you for doing this. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you again and uh, we'll do it again in the future folks this has been episode 180 b of tales with tr if you're downtown st john's and you want to have a beer stop into five one of my favorite spots here they are bull and barrel turkey joe's tj's pub rob roy confusion martini burr trinity pub and of course green sleeves if you want to have a bite to eat try out merchant tavern blue on water wedgwood cafe and of course loose tie my ex, Penny Lane's mom, is running Loose Tie now at home, and it is an awesome place to eat. Downstairs is Green Sleeves. Have a bite to eat upstairs. Five-star restaurant. Restaurant. Walk down over the stairs. Watch Dave White, Damian Follett, Chris Ryan, one of a number of great local musicians at Loose Tie slash Green Sleeves. If you want to work out, change your life. Ryan Power, power conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. Strength and balance for the body and mind. If you want to go to Mr. Lube. Two locations in St. John's, one's on Torby Road, one's on Camount Road. Go see Chris Sparks at Mr. Lube. Live, laugh, lube. Pitbull Pain Relief, the pain sticks that just don't quit. Pitbullpainrelief.com. Check it out. I swear by it. I use them every day. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com and see what all the fuss is about. And, of course, True Hockey, take what's yours. To Corey Gregory and everybody else at True Hockey, season three is going awesome. I really appreciate all the free gear. I absolutely love it. The sticks are my favorite I've ever used. And, folks... I'll be back in just a few days with more Tales with Tiara. This has been 180B with Cam Fergus. Thanks, Cam. Everybody else, I'll catch you on The Rebound.